Alright guys, welcome back to Sitting Down with the Seminole. I'm your host, Michelle Arshad. And I'm Zuhayb Hassan. The co-hosts. And this is episode 5. We have some interesting articles today to talk about. Some news, some uh, worldly things, and a little bit more American, if you will. Yeah. (laughs) So we're just going to jump right into it. Uh, So Zuhayb, we're going to start by talking about Hong Kong. Now, I'm sure you guys have heard a lot about Hong Kong. It's developing over the next uh, the past few months. It's all over the news. People have opinions over it. People have a say on everything that's happening here. But we're here to talk about some of the smaller stories and kind of the developments that are happening. Just sharing a perspective of high school teenagers because that is important. Um, so, Sweet, what do you know about Hong Kong? I don't ver- know very much. I know it's um, it's it's between like Hong Kong and China, right? Yeah. So like, their China is kind of, um, what's the word? They're kind of like denying the fact that Hong Kong and like Taiwan, right? They they should be seen as like an independent, like independent from China. Mm-hmm. They believe that it's pretty much like China saying like that it's rightfully there, like them, so yeah. they should be a part of China. And so like, there's kind of this big. Uh, like big protests going on and so the Chinese government is meeting it with like anti-riot task forces and stuff and they're using like tear gas and rubber bullets and it's really just a bad situation. Yeah, so Hong Kong is currently pushing for a more democratic government which is completely against, you know, what China goes for. They are communist. communist. Yeah, so they're pretty atheist communist. And Hong Kong wants a more democratic government. So people from a variety of ages are getting involved in these protests. You have people as young as maybe teenagers all the way to people well into their senior years are getting into this protest and kind of doing demonstrations. Um, We ran across a really interesting article about teen protesters. So these are high school and university level kids who are currently fighting for their viewpoints and their opinions, and more specifically, the trauma that's going along with this. So, it's noted that by psychologists um, who are studying kind of the unfolding of events, that many of these teenage protesters are really susceptible to having long-term effects, you know, uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, depression, things along the lines of that because of the way um, things are unfolding. So it's not just kids who are involved in the protests and demonstrations. It's kids who are just witnessing it on the news or in the streets from their windows. What do you think about, like, the mass effects that something like this could... I mean, they're traumatic experiences, especially because, like the protests are pretty much like they're being met with pretty violent retaliation from the government like you see like in these videos like people are trying to use like umbrellas and stuff as shields like to protect them from like the rubber bullets and everything so if i mean at least personally like if i saw that i think it was pretty disturbing to you know you see people in that situation and they're all in harm's way like it's it's scary scary yeah i can understand why obviously and like I know we're talking about teenagers, but you can also think about, like, little kids. 
mm-hmm. who are seeing that you know they're just at home and they're watching TV and they see like these big groups of people being like forced to the ground and like arrested and stuff you know yeah an interesting some uh, comparison someone gave to me um, that we were talking about a certain event uh, so we have you know some traumatic things in our own history in a mm-hmm. you know from our age you know you take nine eleven uh, a lot of the mass shootings that happen here some of these kids grow up and that's permanently implanted into their brain so Mm -hmm. you know that comes they would either you know there's hatred that can come from that Mm -hmm. there's you know despising other people other groups other ethnicities that could come from that Mm -hmm. so i think if it's not going to affect them now, which it is, it's going to severely affect them in the future, like no matter... Like their mental development, like their development, I guess. Yeah. Because, sure. you know, once you experience that, your entire viewpoint in the world changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you kind of, like, everything grows a little darker, I guess you could say. And, like, a kid's viewpoint is already pretty small. Mm-hmm. Like, they have their family, their homes. It, it normalizes that kind of yeah. behavior, I guess you could say. So, if that's all they know, they bring that out with them when they go into the you know other parts of the world where their viewpoint like expands and i just think that's really like it's it's game changing like mm-hmm. that shouldn't be something children are experiencing yeah. everyone talks about the protesters and you know the people who are getting hurt and yeah it's terrible but then also these kids who are going to grow up that for the rest of their lives you know and the things happening in hong kong to kind of combat the protests and the demonstrations themselves. Mm-hmm. So there's tear gas. I know Suhaib found this really cool article about how um, the Hong Kong protesters are gluing bricks yeah. into the street. Do you want to explain more yeah, about so that? Yeah, so they're calling that, like, they're locally known as brick battlegrounds or, like, mini stonehenges. And it's to, like, help deter, like, the advance of riot police and, like, keep cars... from getting through so like and obviously there's two sides to that like say you're just like an idiot like you have no business with it because there's obviously there's gonna be people that don't want to associate with either side Mm -hmm. and that's gonna keep them from obviously getting to work and stuff but like it's really meant to keep like riot police from getting their cars in to attack like the protesters and like that's just like another they're pretty much they're trying to innovate in order to protect themselves and like I said earlier like people are using like they're using um like uh umbrellas as shields and like doors from like cabinets and stuff because you know like the police are shooting them with rubber bullets and stuff and like tear gas is very common and i think you said you found an article about the tear gas right yeah so tear gas if you guys don't know has some crazy effects like on your health so uh like this article that i found came from a a a first person point of view about this elderly woman in uh you know uh hong kong and she's 58 years old and she's talking about how uh she's running to like the suburban produce market mm-hmm. and for weeks there was just nothing there like no one seen mm-hmm. because of the tear gas like it you know it's called tear gas for a reason it yeah. hurts your mm-hmm. eyes specifically and people are like avoiding places that have been tear gassed and like business and and like economics and everything there society life just has stopped 
mm-hmm. like it's like as if Hong Kong has just been frozen in place yeah. which I think is really interesting like you know you have even in America we have uh, you know we have a lot of activism and um, kind of it, it's it's bringing revolution at this point the way mm-hmm. we're going and kind of pushing for things like climate change and uh, Black Lives Matter and a bunch of other like little things but it never feels like we've just become stagnant yeah it always feels like we're progressing towards a new like future mm-hmm. but in hong kong it, it's almost as if things have just like the pause button that, like someone just guess. paused it yeah time has stopped mm-hmm. so as for like tear gas um the ones that are being com- like used to combat the protesters they mm-hmm. contain aluminum and magnesium so they burn at higher rates than yeah. what we use in the u.s and you know like uh, you know what's being there and it it has a really interesting pop property where it can like store in your body so if you inhale it or you know get it in through your orifices yeah and kind of just it sits there it doesn't might not affect you but um for it it's up to like 11 years where it can just sit in your body and remain dormant yeah. and it can lead to things with like development in children mm-hmm. especially because you know after 11 years they're still going to be there yeah uh reproductive and infertility issues in adults miscarriages immune system problems interfere with hormones so really just like bad stuff Mm -hmm. and it's quite almost scary to think about how you know this is just being used so frequently Mm -hmm. like these these things are common occurrences tear gas it's like it's normal it's normalized out there Mm -hmm. you know it it says that around 10,000 rounds of tear gas have been fired so far um which, like, it, it's a hard number to comprehend. It may not seem like a lot, but mm-hmm. when you have something so, like, devastating to your body fired at you at 10,000 times, like... Yeah. Once is bad. Now imagine 10,000. And it's obviously... It's not just affecting the protesters, the people that are just trying to live their lives. And, you know, say you're just walking down the street and there just happens to be a protest there and they start firing tear gas. You're the one who's getting affected. Or, like, you or, like, your kid or something. Yeah, know? these riots are just popping up. Like, you know, riots are not planned. I mean, protests might protests are planned. Mm-hmm. But the way, like, riots work, you know, protests can develop. Mm-hmm. And these are through the entirety of Hong Kong. So there's many civilians who just don't want to be involved with it. You know, they don't want their kids to be involved with it. That's their choice and for their safety. And then they just get caught up in the middle. But yeah. then it's like you can't do anything. You can't go to markets. You can't go to work because there's still tear gas lingering everywhere and everything's mm-hmm. affected. And, you know, it, there's nothing to be done pretty much. Yeah. So you either are a protester or you're a civilian, but you're both being affected in the same way. You have to deal with the results either way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's still developments happening and. People are still, like, you know, going through the motions and trying yeah. to get things solved. And, you know, China's not budging, but neither is Hong Kong. And they're kind of just head on head, like, right now. Yeah. I feel like we'd cover this more, like, maybe in the future. But, you know, when this 
you know, resolves or maybe doesn't resolve or we'll see what happens. But uh, I read across, like, I ran across a really interesting article where it's talking about Singapore. Mm-hmm. And you know how, like, both were colonized by Europe at one point. By Britain, yeah. Britain. Uh, yeah, by Britain. Uh, so they kind of have, like, that same lasting colonization effect. And mm-hmm. those things, like, run down the system, like, for, like, years and years and years and hundreds of thousands mm-hmm. of years. So Singapore is kind of on the brink it's like teetering in that middle portion of revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not necessarily, you know, on that Hong Kong side, but it's also yeah. really unstable. There's a lot of things happening in Singapore, mm-hmm. uh, and from the outside, from a tourist point of view, uh, you know, you look at Singapore and it's actually quite a lovely place. Yeah. You know, and they're well developed in most parts, and they've got you know a lot going for them. But inside, I guess it's living in a very different situation. So, thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean, that happens with a lot of places, you know. You see, and, like, you know, they act, it's weird to say, but, like, they actually show a lot of that in movies where, like, you see these tourist destinations, and obviously from, like, in the face, it's going to look really good. But then you forget that there's real people that live there, too. It's not always just, like, this perfect place. And so, like, you know, in the movies, you'll see that, oh, like, a big revolution occurs and like the hero is just some guy who was there with his family and he has to yeah. survive like it's like that you know I, I watched this one movie one time I don't remember what it's called but Matthew McConaughey is that mm-hmm. that guy the guy with the who's that is my, am I quoting the right person Poss- you're talking about the one the, the guy from uh, I remember I know one with Owen Wilson Owen Wilson that's the one not why did I think Matthew McConaughey what does he even look like I don't Owen Wilson? No, Matthew McConaughey. No, it is Matthew McConaughey. Is it? Does he have blonde hair? It's not Matthew McConaughey. It's Owen Wilson. Mm -hmm. Hey there, guys. It's uh, Michelle. Uh, You might have heard that we got cut off. You know, that little blip of, why are you... Yeah. Uh, Basically, where we recorded, a teacher came in, was not happy with where we were recording so we got cut off um for the next segment we're going to be doing our little valentine's day special um it's just going to be me talking you know spreading some information some good information but for now we're gonna cut it off we're gonna have a little uh ad break and then i'll be back and uh me and you we're gonna celebrate valentine's day together (laughs) all right (laughs) we'll be back Alright guys, welcome back. It's just me for this segment. You know, as mentioned before, we got cut off and Swape's currently not here uh, to do the Valentine's Day segment with us. So, it's just gonna be me. You guys get me today. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, we're just gonna be talking about Valentine's Day. You know, it's uh, today because this is when it's getting published. And it's a highly celebrated American holiday, but I don't think a lot of people realize that uh, its origins as well as its like global presence is actually quite different from what we think it, it is normally. So let's just start with the history. Valentine's Day uh, has no complete like definitive origin, right? Uh, we're looking at anywhere from around the year 400, 450. Um, and the origins are actually pretty dark from what like we really think uh a lot of people know the story of Saint Valentine and kind of like how 
the church created this holiday named after him. Um, but we'll get into that a little bit later. So a lot of people actually believe that it was started from this Roman holiday uh, called Lupercalia, I believe is pronounced. This came like right back into mainstream kind of pop culture with the emergence of the popular Netflix show, The Chilling uh, Adventures of Sabrina, the teen, you know, it was a kind of a bit of a 90s show, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, and uh, they celebrated an episode where they celebrated uh, Lupercalia, which is, you know, the ancient Roman version of uh, Valentine's Day, essentially. And the way it was celebrated in the episode isn't completely historically accurate, but from what I've researched, uh, it wasn't exactly um, kind of uh, romantic in the way we look at it with modern 21st century eyes. Most I've seen people call it barbaric, I've seen people call it more of a ritual than um, a celebration. But you have this holiday that is used to promote, basically, uh, fertility and kind of a good bearing year for the people who celebrated it. And one of the big components was women would line up and get hit by uh, men. So basically, the women would line up, get hit by men, and this is thought to make them fertile essentially for the coming year and most people now they don't really understand it but a lot of people think that's where like the origin of valentine's day is some other things um happen they would sacrifice a goat and a dog and there was sort of a lottery mate matchmaking system in which the men would drew like draw names of women from a jar (laughs) and they would be coupled up for the duration of the festival or even longer if the match was correct you know this is a holiday made to promote um you know fertility and kind of love in that sense but you move on tours like the more modern take is when the church uh kind of took it and turned it into a holiday for more love and romance rather than love and fertility and a lot of people think it's when emperor claudius ii executed two men both named valentine on february 14th of different years in third century and their martyrdom was honored by the catholic church with the celebration of saint valentine's day it's the one we celebrate today where we give out cards and candy and flowers to uh people we love and it has spiraled sort of that is not even more romantic in a sense now there are so many people doing it for familial love or platonic love and it's just a celebration to show essentially that we appreciate each other and how we appreciate each other so from where it started to where it is now it's completely different but you know that's like the presumed history of like you know valentine's day and where it came from now in america we celebrate valentine's day very 
distinctly. You know, we give gifts, uh, whether you're a boy or a girl, we give them to our parents, our mothers, our girlfriends, our boyfriends, our significant others, our friends. Um, and we're very centered around like colors and uh, themes. We love flowers and candy and hearts. You know, hearts are the essential symbol of Valentine's Day. And that's very like what we know as America. And in other parts of the country, it's not always the same. So take, for example, the United Kingdom. And it's very alive there, the celebration of Valentine's Day. And it's a tradition dating back to the Victorian era. Ooh, we love the Victorian era. And anonymous Valentines are sent to romantic interests. And Victorians believe signing their names to the card was considered bad luck. So that's why they were anonymous. And the United Kingdom also started a tradition of giving roses on Valentine's Day. The flower is traditionally seen as a favorite of Venus, the Roman goddess of love and fertility. Uh, But if you move to Japan, uh, which is, you know, another modern, very, like, big player in, you know, the world today, you have a different take where women are the first to make moves on Valentine's Day. And they give men gifts instead of the other way around. And the popular, like, gift there to give uh, your Valentines are homemade chocolate (laughs) but they also have a different holiday a month from now a month from february 14th so march 14th where you have like white day which is essentially the same but it's the reverse that didn't make any sense but it's reversed so you have the men giving women gifts and asking them to be their valentine's air quotations but you have um them giving each other white gifts and white chocolate as a uh, like a signal or a a sign of their affection and you know i thought that was really interesting because there's like a complete switch you know i have a second holiday for essentially the same thing but a switch in genders as for like in south korea which is another um east asian country women in south korea give gifts to men on valentine's day similar to um kind of uh japan and instead of white day being um like a separate like a month uh later they are celebrating valentine's day and white day together so it's one holiday but for men it's white day and for women it is um valentine's day and in south korea they have a third holiday there's one more it's called black day and it's celebrated on April 14th, so the month after March. <laughs> it's one, two, three. And basically, this is for singles. So single friends gather together, eat noodles, and celebrate being single. So for all of you that maybe don't have a Valentine's Day this year, just just wait around for April 14th. It's coming. Your Your time will be here. Don't worry. But let's move back to Europe for a second. We have Finland and Estonia. Uh, Basically, Finland and Estonia celebrate Friends Day on February 14th instead of Valentine's Day. And it's a day for honoring both friends and significant others. And cards are gifts. Cards, gifts um, are all essentially still given out. 
but they can be for anyone from a best friend to a neighbor. And February 14th over there is also popular to get engaged in both countries. And they have a tradition for single people. Again, our time is here. They can take a ride on the love bus in hopes of meeting someone special. So just like America, where our holiday has progressed to include kind of our family or um, our friends. Yeah, so Valentine's Day is something that is, you know, celebrated worldwide. And there's a lot of dark things that involve it, but currently it's just a celebration of love and it's quite literally a beautiful thing to share amongst your friends and family so happy valentine's day from sitting down with the seminal and happy valentine's day from the seminal newspaper and happy valentine's day from me michelle and of course hey but he's right here right now uh we hope you have a great day filled with love and joy and you know candy and don't forget about the candy sale that's gonna happen tomorrow february 15th don't miss it. You know what I miss it. <laughs> but uh, that's me signing off. Hope you enjoy this episode. It's a little bit short, but we'll be back and we'll be better than ever. Good night.